Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. Today we're sitting down with The Lurker Zero. Lurker traditionally posts YouTube videos about Halo and Destiny, but today we're sitting down to talk about his soul's roots. Enjoy the episode. What was your first Souls game? So my first Souls game was Dark Souls. Um, I got it when it was free on Xbox games with gold, so I was kind of a late comer, and I bounced right off it right away. Like, got in, played for a few... And it, this is actually hilarious, because I streamed my first attempt at it, and I never stream. I don't know what, like, possessed me to try to stream Dark Souls for the first time, but I was like, it's probably going to be hilarious. Let's give it a try. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I jumped right in, um, you know, started my character... Uh, I ended up going to the graveyard like everyone else does the first time and just getting absolutely <laughs> destroyed. And then I, I, I found my way sort of to uh, Undeadburg and and just bounced off the enemies there so often that I, I was just like, all right, I'll call it a quits, you know. And I didn't come back to it for a really long time, but people kept, you know, it's one of those games that it, at that time and even before that, it was really easy to sort of gloss over. You know, you could see it as just like another import action RPG with, you know, it doesn't have... Uh, like a hook to it right away it's one of those games that i think a lot of people bounce off of and a lot of people see it as sort of a slow burn at least that was my experience so i just kind of no i think i think you're absolutely right i think especially because of the the graveyard area that you mentioned um people get into there and it's like well i should be able to kill these but i'm not obviously this game sucks and they just cut it off right then yeah it's like the rite of passage like it's sort of the first hurdle the game throws at you and um it definitely got me for a while uh, but I just kept hearing about it. You know, you, you, you can kind of, if you keep your ear to the ground when it comes to gaming, you can kind of keep hearing about, you'll hear the same names come up over and over again, just like, you know, something nowadays in the same vein would be like Undertale or something, you know, like it may not be the most uh, known game, but you'll keep hearing it and keep hearing about it. And you, you think, you know, there's something there, there's something going on with it. Um, so I gave it another shot and ended up, you know, I fell in love with it. It's a great game. You know, I, I just, um, I, I'm, I don't know if anybody knows the history of what I do, but I'm a Halo YouTuber traditionally, or, or even just a first-person shooter YouTuber. Um, I I love sort of the unpredictability of playing against another, you know, like cognizant, smart player in that kind of arena, you know, like testing my ability to outsmart someone against someone else. Um, and Dark Souls is one of the only sort of PvE-focused games that gives me that same rush when I outsmart something. Like, it's one of those games, a lot of times you play like a... Like a an RPG or an action game, and you just kind of, like, you're on autopilot, you know, and you're not as engaged. But Dark Souls forces you to be so engaged all the time that I just kind of, I don't know, it's just a different feeling altogether from other RPGs and action games that I've played. It's a different beast altogether. So coming from, a like, a, that multiplayer competitive shooter background, or do you... When you first got into Dark Souls, did you participate in any of the multiplayer aspects of that game? Oh, yeah. You mean, did I get invaded and get stomped on a few times? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I played some Dark Souls 2 PvP a little bit. It's so gear-centric, though. You know, like, it, it's so... Sometimes you, you, you get into a match and you're like, you know you're just out-damaged from the beginning. And it's so different from what I'm used to. You know, um, Halo's traditionally even starts and it's it's... You're just you're going to be doing the same amount of damage no matter what when you're playing against another player. Um, Destiny kind of mixes that up a little bit, but uh, Souls is so like build and, and it's so varied and like build and gear centric that 
I do really like the the fact that it's so skill based, and you know, like parries and backstabs and, and rolls and all that stuff is it's really fascinating to me. And I'd like to get into it more with Dark Souls three, but who knows? <laughs> you know, like it's so much <laughs> on your plate to like take in. I just feel like such yeah. a noob whenever I go in there. Yeah, I felt I felt that way when I first started too, and then you get. There was something about, especially Dark Souls One PvP, that just drew me in. I just did hundreds and hundreds of hours to it. But like, even even then, like you can, I can, I can look at it and go and identify problems with it, right? Like the the lag being a significant portion. Like if you're trying to parry in PvP, you basically have to be psychic. Like there's just no way around <laughs> it. You just you have to know what the other player is going to do. Yeah. And it's, when you land it, it feels great. You like you get that rush that you were talking about at the beginning of you know being really good at it, but. It's it's really difficult to do. Yeah. Um. So, what was your first? So you you went to the to the graveyard, didn't work, and you started over. What was your kind of first class? Like, what did you what did you pick as far as weapons or as far as build, or did you just go into it with a wiki in hand and kind of knowing what you were going to go for, or how did you approach the game that second time? Yeah. So the time that I really buckled down and beat it, I like, I, I really went for the jugular. Like, I was like, I'm going to pick. You know the tankiest class. I, I'm gonna eat as much. Like I was Havel monster full on. Like I just like it was the most disgusting, like <laughs> disgraceful class. But I beat the game. Like I, I did it. I was like, I don't care what it takes. I'm gonna beat this. So you know, I buckled down. I did all my research. I looked at all the wikis. You know, I I, I, nice. I didn't go in okay. as fresh as most people would probably recommend for their first time because the game's about making. You mm-hmm. know, like seeing mistakes and making mistakes and learning from them. Uh, and I didn't want to make any mistakes. You know, like I wanted to do it and finish it and. and and do it as ruthlessly as possible. So I did. Um, and, and I still, like, I found it, you know, fascinating, intriguing, all the the above. And the second run-through I did, I, I again, did my research, and I, I did, like, I went to Nuwondo first and got the, the um, what is it, the um, the Holy Ember or, or that you can get so that you can go to the, um, the Catacombs next. So I did all that, first of all. Like, I, I did mm-hmm. the un- un- unconventional run, I suppose you would call it, and got... Um, Went down to the catacombs and did Pinwheel as one of my first bosses and did that whole mixed up run. You know what I mean? Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And got like the other ending. I did the Dark Lord ending the second time around. And that that was like, <laughs> that felt like the complete Dark Souls experience. You know, I wasn't like a big fat roll Havel monster. <laughs> it was uh, it was where I felt like I really, okay, I can do this. Like I'm a Souls player now. Yeah, I have a I have a, a small confession to make when it comes to Dark Souls builds is that I have never ever used heavy armor. Like, and I, I think I play that way. I was noticing with Salt and Sanctuary, I, I've been staying away from heavy armor in that game as well. And I think it's just there's something about being able to roll very quickly and not have that encumbrance. Uh, and I played Demons the same way. I played obviously you play Bloodborne that way because there's no other way to play Bloodborne. But yeah, I like the I, I much prefer the fast movement. Um, heavy armor just never has clicked for me for some reason it just never has so as a as a kind of a youtuber and uh i know you, i watch a lot of your youtube videos even though i'm not really much of a halo or a uh a destiny guy mm-hmm. uh, i played a little bit of destiny but like i don't i'm not i'm not i'm not doing dailies every day let's say that gotcha um, yeah but the only reason I have a YouTube channel is that it was because of Dark Souls. Like, I found a um, a phone video that I had taken on uh, my personal YouTube account that's associated with my real name. Um, where before I had a capture device or anything, it was literally just me recording from my phone. Like, I had gotten invaded and we were all just having a shield battle. <laughs> like, everyone was using shields to hit each <laughs> other. 
and it was that was the moment that I was like, yeah, I need I need something to capture this, and I'm gonna start putting stuff on YouTube. Um, have you ever been tempted to to put any kind of Dark Souls content, or have you put any Dark Souls content on your YouTube before? Uh, I, I have a Bloodborne video uh, that I worked pretty hard on. It, it's it's just difficult. Uh, when you're a YouTuber who's consistently uploaded one game for the length of your channel, you know, and I'm nothing big, like I'm, I'm only about a thousand subscribers, but um, it's hard to sort of break out of that. I I've kind of feel like I've painted myself into a corner. Um, and I, I do have a Dark Souls video that I'm going to have coming out before Dark Souls 3. Um, so yeah, I've had that. And I'm super inspired by the Souls uh, YouTube community in particular. I mean, they get some big name, like, it's a big number of views, and it's like a really bustling community. But they also like there's so much creativity that goes into Souls YouTube. Like, I, it's really inspiring and like and um, impressive to me. Like, Vati Vidya's videos are absolute masterpieces to me. Like, the guy just knows what he's doing, and uh, mm-hmm. the storytelling and, and the the cinematography and just the way they set it all up and and the way they tell those stories. It's 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 awesome, and there's it's such a ripe game for youtube content you know what i mean like it's so oh yeah absolutely. for yeah. that kind of stuff yeah i remember watching all of the uh like trolling videos um and like specifically in pvp and things and uh just thinking like oh yeah i, I have to do this like this yeah. is amazing like the sunlight blade videos like those top 10 like you know countdown videos oh yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> i was in one of those one time i was so happy i was like number like eight or something really Very cool <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um but I remember watching Vadi's videos specifically when he started doing. Um, it may it may have been Vadi, but I I remember watching a YouTube uh, Dark Souls lore video and then some and then like explaining why something was there, um, like specifically like items and stuff. And that's the first time I remember in a video game ever like it was a item placement being a big thing. Like it kind of opened up my eyes. Like oh wait, there's like a whole lot of depth here that I just have not been seeing at all. And that just got me into the game even more. Like just just pulled me more and more in <clears throat> yeah because again you can skim that surface like you could play it as just an action rpg and see, and, and, and see nothing but just incidental story and then you know the first time i watched you know a vati video or video about uh dark souls and you learn the entire like there there's so much under the surface you know it's kind of like that diagram of like the iceberg and the little tips sticking up and that's the game <laughs> you play and then the entire mm-hmm. war is like this big bulking mass underneath the water that is just waiting for you know, to be blown apart for you to find out about it's, uh, and there's, it's, it was, it's, it was backed like up in the game. A... Yeah. Like it's all backed oh, yeah, up was... in the game. Like it's not somebody making something up. Like it's all like evidenced and, and mm-hmm. documented, you know, it's like they had written a book and then like just gave you snippets of the book, but it's like, they have a lore book somewhere. That's like the history of <laughs> dark souls one. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's what I like and, and being able to piece that stuff together. So, um, Dark Souls 1, you finished that, and then you kind of went to Dark Souls 2. Um, I know Dark Souls 2 is kind of a controversial topic. Where, where, where do you land on the, is it good, is it bad, or, or what have you? Well, I actually went to Bloodborne next. So I, I beat... Oh, okay, I beat, I'm sorry. Yeah, I beat Dark Souls and, and then took a break for a while, um, I, and then went straight into Bloodborne. So maybe it was later that I actually did finish. Maybe I, Yeah, I bounced off it the first time when, I played, when it was free for Xbox 360, came back and played it. Um, a few months before Bloodborne came out, and I got it, beat that, went straight in and bought a PS4 because I was, you know, traditionally an Xbox player because I play Halo. Bought a PS4 just to play Bloodborne, basically, and went straight into Bloodborne. Wow, yeah, and went, <laughs> that's an expensive. That's a four hundred fifty dollars. Oh, I video know. Game. I'm, I'm a freak, dude. Like, I, I, I seriously, the amount of money and like <laughs> that I've spent on video games over the course of my life, and the amount of like 
purchases where you know that you're making like a really reckless decision, but you're like, ah, oh, screw it. Like, I want to do this. I want to play this game. I can't. I can't wait. And if I did, like, I would be remiss if I didn't play Bloodborne because it's one of my favorite games of this entire generation. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it's probably my. I mean, I've put so many hours into it, and, I've, and I, I'm so surrounded by Souls content. Like, it's obviously my game of the year for for last year. Like, it was. Oh, I yeah. spent so much time in that game. Um, that was it was a weird shift, right? Like, because I'd played a lot of Dark Souls, I'd played all, all of Dark Souls too, and then uh, Bloodborne comes along, and it was a it was massively different. Like, as much as it has Souls DNA in it, it's it's a very different playing game. Like with all the Eldritch Horror, did that stuff? Did that stuff click with you? I know for a lot of people, like they prefer that over the dark fantasy thing. I don't really have a preference for one or the other. I think both of them are cool. But what about you? I wouldn't have. I wouldn't say I have a preference. Uh, by the way, I do want to come back and talk about Dark Souls too. I'm sure we're going to do that next. But um, oh yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I wouldn't say I have a preference. I really, really like the uh, the art style of Bloodborne and sort of the. Uh, the surrounding setting and, and aesthetic is really incredible to me. I and the fact that they kept that sort of Lovecraft connection a secret for so long—it's a lesson they should have taken into Dark Souls Three. But that's another story altogether. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, yeah, just go go look at my Twitter feed for rants about Dark Souls Three. Yeah. I can't stop talking about the marketing campaign. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think that Bloodborne was a huge game and. In a way, it's smart because it's more... I would say it's more accessible to the normal player. It's its definitely less varied, but I would say it's more accessible to your average gamer, but also less accessible because in a way, it's almost harder than a Dark Souls game. I would, In a lot of ways, it's more Twitch-based and more action-oriented, and it, it's, it's hard, man. Like, it's no joke. Yeah, I think um, they're, the way they implemented the regain system um, said that you, when you get health back from hitting enemies very quickly after they hit you. Um, and I think they scaled enemies accordingly, their HP accordingly, specifically. So you get... Like, I looked this up one time. The first boss in Dark Souls 1, the Taurus Demon, has, like, like a 1,000 HP. And the, the first boss in Bloodborne, the Cleric Beast, has something like 7,000. Wow. <laughs> like, the, that's a huge difference in terms of... Like, because I remember uh, playing Bloodborne for the first time and, like, you know, swinging my sword and hitting that dude for the first time and, like, a little sliver coming off and thinking, I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, this is the graveyard yeah, of this game. Yeah. I should not be here. <laughs> it's. I think the best term I've heard for it for Bloodborne combat is just scrappy. Like, it's, it's just scrappy encounters you know mm-hmm. and it's, it's very like fast paced very quick where you know if you're used to coming from especially with the, the lack of shield but if you're used to playing a shield build in souls games like not having that capability is a it's kind of a, a big deal like i don't know if you were traditionally a sort a, a shield player yeah you know, but that's not having that 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 layer of protection is a <laughs> it makes that game really hard. I think Bloodborne is really, really difficult. I agree with you. I know a lot of I know a lot of Souls players think that oh, it's it's a lot easier than Dark Souls One, or if you've played the other games, you kind of have it built in, so you just know how to play. But I, I found it really, really yeah, difficult. I found it difficult too. I mean, I, I like I said, I, I had no shame in saying that I, I've sunburned some several dif- difficult bosses. Um, I mean, like bosses like Abridas and, and um, oh man, uh, Ludwig is pretty hard. In the DLC, oh man, yeah, yeah. Like, there's <laughs> was my was my was my brick wall for a long time. Yeah. Like I died to that that I was safe scumming. I was dying so much really? because I couldn't be bothered to. Uh, yeah, I would upload my save to the cloud and then run out of my vials and blood and, oh my and money gosh. and everything, and then just download my save. Again. Yeah, I forgot about that. The, yeah, yeah, the blood vial farming <laughs> epidemic. 
Oh, I know, it's so bad. It, there, in, in a few ways, I would say that Bloodborne is a step backward, but in a lot of ways, it's a very positive step forward. Uh, and it doesn't lose any of that mystery or any of that, um, ob- I wouldn't say obtuseness, but it, it's it's definitely not dumbed down in any way, shape, or form in the, a lot of the ways that people would think it is. It's not... There's less build viability and variability, but it's still, like, it's a hardcore game, and it doesn't... It's not... Uh, shoveling cutscenes of war at you at every turn, you know, mm-hmm. it's still every bit as taxing to figure it all out. Oh yeah, it's it's very inscrutable. Like I mean, you can mm. you can find weird things that, with the NPCs specifically. Um, like you know, they went back to the Demon Souls thing where if you wear a certain item, you can have an NPC talk to you more. Like that's they had kind of gotten away from that in Dark Souls one and two, but they went back to that. Like that's how would you ever like it's one of those things where you look at a video game and I, I look at a lot of Dark Souls stuff too like how did you figure this out did you just try everything <laughs> and it, it leads to weird stuff um, like I remember reading forum posts back when I was like hunting for Dark Souls information and this was before the DLC came out like there was a whole thread on some forum that was a hundred pages long of people trying to figure out what to do with the pendant Oh yeah, they were literally like <laughs> dressing up in specific armor. They were walking around the forest trying to use items somewhere because thinking like maybe there's a hidden bonfire. Like, and it was literally a hundred pages long. And I was thinking to myself, like these people are taking hours to do this. And I mean, the the punchline to that is it was just a joke by the designers. Yeah, so, Miyazaki. Thank like, you, Miyazaki. Yeah, he came out and said it's nothing. <laughs> like it's it's nothing basically, right? <laughs> exactly. So after uh, Bloodborne, do you went to Dark Souls two? Yeah, or you went to Demon Souls? You went to Dark Souls. I 2. went to Dark Souls two. Beat Demon Souls very recently. You were probably you were there for some of the end of it, uh, doing a little Sunbro action. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Dark Souls two. If you were to ask me if if I love it or hate it, I would say I, it's okay. It's not. It's by far my least favorite of all of the Souls games. Um, I recognize some of the things that it does right, uh, but the level design and uh, these are all issues that people have talked about multiple times, but the level design and the feeling in it, I think it's the worst feeling Souls game in your hands, if that makes any sense. Like, hands on the controller, it feels the worst to me, uh, as far as just, like, fighting enemies, controls. A lot of people use the word floaty when they're talking about Dark Souls 2, and I very much adhere to that. Um, I find fi- fighting enemies in Dark Souls 2 frustrating a lot of the time. You know, they, uh, they made a big thing when Dark Souls 2 was being before the game came out, uh, that they were going to um, motion capture a lot of the weapon move sets. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like that did the game a pretty massive disservice because when I use, like, big, huge weapons in Dark Souls 1, I feel like I am, like, wielding a 100-pound giant sword mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's smashing into things. And in Dark Souls 2, um, floaty is a good way to describe it. Like, I, it feels like my giant fuck-off sword <laughs> is, does, weighs, like, five pounds. It feels like a Nerf sword. And I'm sure that's because... They probably built like a giant foam sword and then captured a dude swinging it around, and it doesn't weigh anything. And I, I've always been curious if that, because I think with Bloodborne they went, they got away from uh, actual motion capture again, and they started you know hand anim- anim- hand animating these things. And Dark Souls Three felt kind of the same way from what I played yeah. on the network test. Um, and I think that that really hurt the game a little bit because it made me not want to play as much as what it. Because again, that what you said with that controller feel, like I just. I didn't like to... I mean, I have, a, like, several hundred hours into that game, right? Yeah. Like, I'm, it's all relative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a yeah. bad Dark Souls game is still, like, a really good game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to sound like I'm dogging on it. Uh, but, yeah, I, I kind of had the same feeling. Um, and then, of course, like, the all the lore stuff 
it took um, CJ uh, from Twin Humanities podcast talking about how that game affected him personally for me to take another angle at the at the lore, and I ended up very much liking it. Yeah. At the time, though, as I was going through it, reading item descriptions and stuff like I'd been trying to do, everything was like, oh, hey, something happened. We don't really remember what it was. Come back later. <laughs> Your princess is in another <laughs> castle. Just, yeah, exactly, right? Like, it just was kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, so did you go for another, like, big heavy armor dude in Dark Souls 2? Oh, or no, or no. did you end up with? I had, a, <laughs> I had a buddy that I played with a lot of it with uh just you know just kind of for fun because at the t- i mean i played all of those games straight in a row like dark souls bloodborne straight into dark souls 2 like all the dlcs associated um so i was kind of like i hit it I, I ran up against a few walls in dark souls 2 be- specifically because i think it it's harder in a lot of the a lot of the wrong ways um i played scholar the first sin version of dark souls 2 so it just throws more and more enemies at you um mm-hmm. uh so but uh, you know i went fast roll all the way through, uh, I used a rapier, just the the regular rapier, oh, nice. yeah, the mm-hmm. OP poke machine, as I like to call it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I used a, ra- a rapier and Lucatiel's set to have a little fencer man. It was fun though; it, it was really good. Uh, I can imagine that was difficult with, especially with Scholar. Like in the even in the very first area, there's a you know section where you can have probably fifteen hollows. Oh yeah, after yeah. You if you wanted to, yeah. And yeah, with the rapier being a kind of a one on one weapon, I imagine that was a little bit more difficult. Yeah, um, and I will say this, that, and this is kind of the consensus, I think, across the board, is that the DLC does a lot to rectify the problems with Dark Souls 2, um, because the DLC is pretty excellent. I mean, level design and boss fights, uh, I was really impressed. Uh, but it's still, it, it's going to land way lower on the scale than something like uh, Demons or Bloodborne, and it, Dark Souls 1 is yeah. specifically my favorite. Like, it, There's no getting around that feeling you get when you play a Souls game for the first time, and, and Dark Souls is... It, it was my first one, so... <laughs> yeah, and, and the same thing for me. I um, And I've told this story a million times, but I bounced very hard off of Demon Souls, and then came into Dark Souls as kind of a on a whim. Like, I got it from Gamefly, thinking, yeah, you know, I at least gotta give it a try, kind of like you did with the... Um, like I, I, you hear so many people talking about it, you're like, okay, there's some, there's got to be something here, and I'm just missing it. Yeah. And then, yeah, completely addicted. And Dark Souls One is easily my favorite. If I, you know, if I try to be, it's my opinion. So of course it's a, you know, it's it's opinion. It's I can be anything I want it to, but yeah, easily my favorite by far. Um, the DLC in Dark Souls Two, man, that's some of the like the best content across the games, though. Like that's that gave me with the DLC and Dark Souls One and Two and now Bloodborne. Like instant season pass buying for Dark Souls three, like not even a question. I know some people were kind of salty about them doing that before the game released, which they've never done before. But From has just never gone wrong with that stuff for me, so I'm I'm all into it. Yeah, I would 100 percent agree. Especially, I mean, the DLC with Bloodborne's incredible. Artorias the Abyss is absolutely incredible, and the Dark Souls two DLC. I haven't bought the season pass yet. I actually haven't pre ordered Dark Souls three yet. I'm really bad about that stuff. I'm not a gr- <laughs> big pre order guy. Um. I'm uh, I'm not except for Souls games. Yeah, like I, I I can count on one hand the number of games I pre-ordered. And can... It was most recently it was Salt and Sanctuary. <laughs> that was because it was a Souls game, and, and then yeah. uh, <laughs> had Dark Souls three. So <laughs> Salt and Sanctuary is like borderline copyright infringement. It's such a it's it's like the best two D Souls game you'll ever, you'll ever play, but it's not even a Souls game. <laughs> I know it's um and it's it, that's a weird game like uh we're gonna spend some time on it on the uh, normal podcast that I do the, the general gaming podcast this week because uh, we've all off 
my, me and my other two hosts have all beaten it now, and um, it's been a lot of time in the game. And yeah, that's we're gonna have some conversations about it. That's a that's a fun game. Um, so tell me about what like when you went back to Demon Souls because I'm assuming that you finished kind of all of Dark Souls two. Did you take a break from Souls games after a while after that? Because that you know that's that's a lot of Souls to go through in one big gaming yeah <laughs> kind of era. Yeah, so I plowed through all of them. Um, this was the time to put this in context. Um, Halo: The Master Chief Collection came out and was completely broken. Um, we're talking like matchmaking didn't work, campaigns were bugged, like the entire collection was just a massive shit show. Um, and that was what I was hinging a lot of my like. I was like fully in love with Halo at that time, and like I was like, "Well, that's all I'm gonna do," you know? Like we're talking like four eras of, of Halo games coming out all at once, so it was broken. And I was like, "I got to find something else to spend my gaming time doing instead of like playing that <laughs> lobby simulator that is the Master Chief Collection." Uh, it was it was like a heartbreaking Ouch. experience. Um, so that's, that's what kind of inspired me to give the Souls games another shot. And, and like I said, I played, uh, uh, Dark, Bloodborne, uh, Dark Souls 2, and then I did try Demon Souls and bounced off of it. I, I was just like, I think I was just burnt. Like, I was so fried mm-hmm. from that much. And, and Demon <laughs> Souls in particular, man, Demon Souls is hard. Like, the minute to minute, um, gameplay of Demon Souls, like the level to level, you know, like, just normal traversal is much more taxing than, uh, than some of the other games, in my opinion, it's it's really nerve wracking to play through a lot of Demon Souls, and uh, but I did come back and finish it's, it, and uh, I'm happy that I did because it has some of the most interesting moments uh, and some of the most interesting situations in a Souls game that I can think of. In particular, the Maiden Astraea fight, which I cheese the hell out of, but whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, that's that's totally. Fine. It's just yeah, everybody. Che- I can't remember her. Uh, I can't remember her little guardian dude. But like, you just run up that path and let him hang on the geometry, and then you just whittle away. Yeah, at yeah, him. yeah. That's definitely the way to do that. The bosses in that game are, are um, kind of hilarious, they, but the the levels are <laughs> impenetrable. You know, like they're real, real difficult. And Maneater in particular was a big barrier. That's what stopped me was Maneaters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, t- yeah. I took that, a little the, break. The moment when the second one shows up is like, a, oh shit, really? Yeah. Kind of moment. Yeah. <laughs> Man eaters were were a wall for me, but I ended up eating them too, thanks to the. Uh... I think I think Demon Souls is probably and just by virtue of being kind of the first game that kind of started this this series of games, um, is just the the least user friendly, like the least you know player friendly game. Um, it the healing system is weird. The upgrade system is just complex to the point of bizarre. Um, yeah, and again, one of those things like. There's poor guys making the wiki when that game was not famous at all before word of mouth had spread. Like, how did they ever come up? Like the dedication, because there's no. Oh, I know, and <laughs> it's just insane. They make world tendency. Um, like, it's. Just, I, I imagine most people, most average soul, Souls players, couldn't explain world tendency to you now. You know. Oh no, no, or how it interacts with your character tendency, yeah. or how to game it, or how to, or what events happen where. Yeah. Um, the last time I played, there's a guy that. Um, you may have seen his name around. His name is Gibbed. Um, he he's kind of made a name for himself in um, making exploring a lot of the cut content from Souls game. Like he was the there was a Japanese player that discovered the Mbasa thing in the uh, Bloodborne beta, but he was the U.S. player that found it and that streamed all that stuff that managed to get in there. Um, anyway, he has a Demon Souls server set up, <laughs> so if you can change your DNS to point to his server, he can control what the world tendency is for you, which I think is just fascinating. Yeah, so I could just make it all white and, you know, have an easier time, or you can make it all black and have, you know, a a much worse time, so... 
Yeah, that that game is is totally bizarre and weird. Like I I love it so much, but it's it's super weird to play through. <clears throat> and then uh, finished Demon Souls, and so if Master Chief Collection is still busted and Dark Souls Three is still a couple of weeks away, like what are you what are you occupying your time with right now? Oh yeah, they, well they ended up patching Ma- Master Chief Collection, so I did get some time in with it. Um, right now, actually, I'm just kind of in a holding pattern. I, I kind of burnt myself out on Halo Five. It's really competitive. It's it's a difficult game. Uh, to play like consistently, uh, it's got a really strong ranking system, so you're you're kind of thrust up against hard players all the time, which is fine. So I, I don't know. I, I picked up Salt and Sanctuary the other day. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to Battleborn and Overwatch. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of in holding pattern until <laughs> Dark Souls Three <laughs> comes out. I mean, it's like I don't want to start something super long and then not finish it because. Pretty much everything is going to come to a grinding halt when Dark Souls Three comes out. I, I called a couple days off work. I was like, I told the wife, Same. I was like, "Sorry, yeah, babe, I, t- like, I took the week off. Yeah, like I'm going to be covered in, in Dorito dust for that entire time. I hope you know that. Like it's going to be the Mountain Dew is going to flow like wine when it- <laughs> you know what I mean. It's yeah. My uh, my wife um, when Dark Souls Two was, or maybe it was Bloodborne. I think it was Bloodborne uh, when it was released. I took the week off, and she happened to be out of town, and like she would call me and be like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Uh, literally the same thing I was doing twelve hours yeah. ago, <laughs> sitting on the couch and playing Bloodborne. Like I haven't moved. Like I took the dogs out, and that was it. Oh, they know. They know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, at some point, we've talked about doing a uh, Widows uh, Souls Widows. <laughs> cast and talking to all of the various wives of us you know hardcore gaming people i say hardcore but us gaming people that you know because i know um the lore hunter one time made a tweet about his wife shutting him down when he tried to start a lore conversation at the about dark souls at the dinner table like no dark souls at the table and that just cracked me up like oh my gosh (laughs) my poor wife probably knows more about dark souls lore than she than anything out there oh i know (laughs) Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm the same way. I'm. I'm burning time on Salt and Sanctuary. I'm playing like some smaller titles until Dark Souls Three gets here. It's very tempting to try to get a Japanese version, but I'm going to hold off. Yeah, I kind of want to experience all of it at once, like and not just part of it. And I've like I've I've been really diligent about not paying attention to. I mean, some spoilers have leaked to me. Like it just through through osmosis or whatever, just through like existing on the internet. I've had a few things spoiled for me. Um, but I've. I've, all I've watched is the is like the cinematic E3 trailer. I watched um, a little bit of the network test stuff, and that's it. So I haven't watched any yeah. gameplays. I even unsubscribed to YouTubers who had less than uh, uh, less than friendly thumbnails in their videos and titles. I, like I, I yep. unfollowed people on Twitter. <laughs> like I was like, I want to go into this game fresh. You know, I've never played a Souls game and not had a crutch or. or uh, a preconceived, you know, like notion of what to look for, and and I want to go in fresh. So I've luckily been able to maintain that thus far. Uh, hopefully, no one ruins it for me. Yeah, only only a couple of weeks left. So hopefully, you can get in. Yeah, there. absolutely. Because um, yeah, like like my friend Gary from Biden Fireside Chat says, like, how many more of these can we have? Like, <laughs> you know, this might be the last one, and I want to experience it as much as possible for myself the first time without the internet being a dick about it. And I kind of, so. as much as I, you know. I want them to keep making Souls games. I kind of hope it's the last one. Um, just because... Just by virtue of things... Uh, of exposure to something. You know, it loses some of that luster. And they're going to have to work extra hard to kind of keep that... Um, that experience going with a Souls game. Or, or to vary it. Or, or something. But it, oftentimes, you know... 
there's a reason why movies stop getting good after you know the third sequel a lot of times or or, or game mm-hmm. series can suffer greatly after the third sequel it just it's just one of those things uh, and I hope they leave it in a good place instead of uh, just milking it I mean Hopefully they don't make like an endless runner about Dark Souls. I mean, that would be too like a mobile game. Like that would be an awful thing to happen, right? Oh my oh, god! Like, and what if it was branded with GameStop? <laughs> that would be the worst. Yeah, it's like a nightmare oh, you can't man. wake up from. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm very hopeful that this is the last um, Dark Souls game. Um, I'd, I'd very much like to see a continuation of the gameplay, like we saw with Bloodborne. And I, I have to imagine that at some point, somebody at Sony is writing checks to From Software right now that are increasingly bigger, being like Bloodborne Two, Bloodborne yeah. Two, Bloodborne yeah. Two. You got to get it done. But uh, I really hope this is the last official, quote unquote, Dark Souls game. And with all of this weird marketing stuff, I kind of hope it's the last game that they partner up with Namco with because they've kind of proven themselves totally. It, totally clueless as to how to appeal to this fan base, I think. Like, just completely clueless. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It's all about the challenge. The challenge that's legendary. It's just like, come on, man. Like, it's... I know. And this, like, and this weird release thing, and then giving games out three or four weeks ahead of time to and then allow full streaming access. Yeah. Like, that just kind of... And I, I guess it's popular. Maybe I'm just disconnected because I'm a you know I'm an older gamer. Like I'm 35, so like I'm ancient basically. But like that stuff doesn't appeal to me at all. And I can see how it appeals to people. But like, imagine all of this hype being one week before the game was released. Like I figured I figured that will drive sales. And but if it's four weeks before you can buy a game, who's watching that stream? What finishes watches it and goes? I'm going to go pre-order that game now and wait three weeks to play it. Like that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I'm off on a tangent. I shouldn't talk about Dark Souls three. <laughs> but if you're a YouTuber, you know your, your hands are tied. Like you have to. Somebody else is going to step up and put oh, out videos yeah. if you're not. You know, like and you want to be number one on the. Like if you're somebody like Fati Video, that's what you do for a living. That's how you make you. You're living in the world. It's, that's how you make money. Yeah, it's yeah these if, you're, games. if you're Peeve or if you're, you know, any of these big yeah. streamer guys, um, and and like I've thought it was weird that Lobos went out there and said, "No, I'm not going to play the game until I can play all of it and I can stream all of it and I can do all this." You know, I turned down the copy until everybody can play it, which is admirable. But I'm like, man, I hope that doesn't like negatively affect your yeah. <laughs> your pay. Like I know you make a living on this stuff, so. Lurker, where, where can people find you on the internet if they were so inclined? Yeah, uh, twitter.com at slash whatever. It's uh, Lurker Zero on Twitter. <laughs> um, and youtube.com slash the Lurker Zero, T H E Lurker Zero. And I can um, I wouldn't I wouldn't have anybody on the show that I didn't like. And, um, <laughs> I can I can attest that the YouTube the YouTube page is a, is a good follow. I don't even I don't even play Halo. Like I've, you're probably going to think I'm a crazy person, but I've literally never played a Halo game like to completion. Um, and I I actually get a lot of value out of after out of, out of your videos, just you know, because it's kind of an interesting insight to some of the goings on of you know Halo and how all that stuff is working. So it is a pro follow. Definitely go check it out. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer, at JG Greer on Twitter, and you can find this podcast and many more at darkinsight.net. Thanks, and we'll see you next episode.